Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 332. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being, though, we can geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list. The book's coming out February 15th, 2017. And we followed it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this time, it's time for our January look back, where we're going to be looking back at some of the comics that came out in the month of January, like... Mighty Captain Marvel number one, Justice League of America, the Ray number one. Help me out here. I'm oh, the, rest. the other Chris one was the Chris Words and uh, Commandy Challenge number one. Commandy Challenge number one. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. usually have all the stuff written down, but alas, I'm still moving, so I don't. Alas, you are moving, and alas, it is early, but not too early to drink beer. It's never too early to drink beer. And uh, Paul and I are enjoying a small nice? batch from Stone Brewery. This is the Otraveza Chard. This is their Otraveza Mocha Stout, an ale brewed with cocoa, coffee, and spices, and aged in bourbon barrels. This tastes just like Otraveza. Yeah, it's with so just, smooth. Uh, very smooth, but with a little, it's got a little hit of that alcohol mm-hmm. towards the end that you don't get in a normal bottle. I also get a, a little bit of a, um, a little bit more smokiness from this one than I think the regular Chocavesa. And you get it on the, the nose, too, mm-hmm. a nice char. Maybe that's why I think I'm tasting it. It's very like, it is, it is a very, it's almost a smoother Chocavesa. Yeah. Which is really nice. Chocavesa is probably my favorite of the holiday beers now. Oh, definitely. That's like uh, it's uh, good. We've had it a couple times on the show now. I have a six pack of Mad Elf that I still have not opened any bottles of because I keep on saying, "Oh, we're going to drink it for the podcast." I need to just drink it now. I need to listen to myself with my uh, beer years resolution: drink more, worry less. Yeah, drink more. Worry, you know, because we'll we'll find something to drink. We got plenty. So I, There's I, always things to drink. Yeah. So it, it's very good. It's, I mean, listen to any time we've reviewed this beer, because it is just that beer. Um, I don't think you get... I would as, rather pay the 12 to 14.99 for a six-pack versus an $18, $18 mm-hmm. for a bottle. And it's um, it's only 1.9 fluid ounces. It's nothing... It's not that much bigger than... A twelve ounce bo- twelve ounce bottle, uh, so I'd rather just get the regular Ochevesa, even though this one is uh, still very good. Yep, I agree. I know it's early, Chris. Are you uh, popping up on anything? Or are you okay? Uh, yeah, I popped open my Founders Lizard of Kaz, and this Ooh. is their Imperial Stout brewed with blackberries, chocolate, and vanilla, and then aged in bourbon barrels. Chris, going big. Going big. Oh, I'm only going to have a glass of it because okay. i got to get on the road in a little while. But um, I know everything I said about this beer sounds sweet, but somehow when I took my first sip, I was like kind of surprised at just how sweet it was. I really thought that like um, that bourbon would kind of like mellow things out a little bit and get more of like a smokiness off of it. But it smells like a dessert. Like I smell like a, like a cheesecake, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish this was warmed up a little bit um but i was talking to you guys last week because mm-hmm. i wanted to see how you had had this before and you told me to drink it a little bit more chilled i'm, I'm not wild by it like i thought i was going to be 
No, I, I wasn't either when I had it. Uh, I did find that when it's colder, you get more blueberry. When it's warmer, you get sweet, sweet chocolate. See, because I kind of get the chocolate on the nose for it. But then, yeah, when you take a sip, it's a lot of blueberry, and it's not like the earthy blueberry. It's more like that blueberry syrup. Like, it's a blueberry flavoring almost. Yeah, but, I mean, they they used real blueberries for it, too, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan just, blueberries. It, it's not bad. I, I like it. I mean, I will have no problems drinking the rest of this, but yeah, it, somehow it's not what I expected it to be. And nothing against them. Maybe it's just a me thing, but yeah. I think that was everybody's uh, that was everybody's kind of reaction to this beer. They ex- expected something a little bit more out of it, and sometimes a beer is just a beer. Yeah. I, That's I, what happens. I picked up a four-pack of Fruitwood, even though John said he didn't like it that much, because I am in disbelief. I have yeah, to try it for like, myself. I would, still, I would still try it. Like, I still want to support I, them and give it a shot. I could have picked up just a single bottle, which is what John is shaking and nodding his head, yes, yes. But, John, we've been on opposite sides of the uh, beer-tasting spectrum before. So. We have. In the, and then I'm like, even if I bought the one bottle and didn't really like it, then I would want to sit on at least another one. So already I'm buying two for like $7, and I could buy, because it's $3, the uh, Premier was charging for a single bottle, $3 and like 50-something cents. Uh, yeah, because they, they have a higher price than what I saw yeah. for. Yeah, so I just picked up the four-pack. Because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm selling it for $14. Two bottles, that's way too much. But you're selling four for 14 yeah, no, you're right. That makes okay. sense. I, it's early. It's and early. I, and I'm drinking. And it's math. It's math. And you know what else is math? News. News, News is math. News is math. That's a thing people <laughs> say. News is the math of the world, I always said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not much this week, except uh, we did get a three-and-a-half-minute uh, look behind behind-the-scenes look at the beginning of production for Avengers uh, Infinity War, part one. Part one. And uh, when I saw this was up, I was like, what? Uh, And it's just, to me, I thought it was just a fun little background thing. Kind of just, hey, we're working on it. Get you prepared for what's going to be happening. Uh, And I thought it was really fun when you got to see, you know, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Star-Lord standing there just behind the scenes chatting and... You looking co- kind of cold because they're it, like uh, Spider-Man's wearing like the a, a actual coat, but you can tell he's just wearing like a motion capture suit underneath. So I felt bad for that kid. I think, and he has a very thick British accent. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't realize how thick his accent was until he started talking. I was like, oh, that's that's crazy because you know he does the American accent so well. Yeah, he's much better than uh, what's his name, the last Benedict Spider-Man, Cumberbatch. Oh, uh, yes, and also better than uh, I thought. Uh, Andrew Garfield did. I didn't. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I thought, especially in that one Doctor Who episode, well, it was bad. But I kind of had the same uh, response that John did, where I was surprised that they were already filming, like, and they put the date up on this January twenty third. Um, so I was like, oh wow, they they've already been working on it. But it's hard for me to get excited when I see this kind of thing now because they always put something like this out when they start filming a new Marvel movie or. When they put out the DVDs, a bonus feature is always like a look at the Marvel Universe, and they always say the exact same things. So I've seen like 14 of these now where it's like, 
we're the first ones to do this series of interconnected episodic movies. Nobody's done this before. It's crazy, but it's working out. We love these characters. This is the culmination of everything we've done. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like it, they always hit those beats. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to see some new concept art, which has kind of exploded across the internet's face um, with the fact that it looks like in the One Piece, Thor is actually holding his axe, not not Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Um, which oh, okay, cool. You know, something something fresh, but. Yeah, it's it's a little bit too far out for me to be jazzed about this movie yet. Not that I'm not jazzed for it. I mean, I'm I'm beatboxing, skit scatting all the way over here. But hey, it's it's it's, 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 it's far enough away that it's yeah, only it's a good. year away. Yeah, 2018. <laughs> It'll be here before you even know it. It's, uh, Fifteen months away because yeah, it's coming out in May, of, right? Play the part of Paul in this one. Whoa, we're going to be getting more like set photos and a teaser trailer for the teaser trailer and then a teaser and then our trailer and then our first international trailer. I, I know this game. I, I've played it with Marvel for a while now. <laughs> I know what I know what their opening moves are going to be. Did you see, uh, talking, well, you just reminded me of a new story that I kind of clicked through and didn't ta- that we haven't talked about. Did you see that the studio that was pr- making... Um, Oh, which games were it from Warner Brothers is actually in works. Oh no! Well, it, well, first there was the announcement of Square Enix and Marvel doing uh, Marvel Assem- Reassembled. I did, I did see that. Yeah, that and talk about a teaser trailer. That was a teaser trailer. Yeah, for a video game that isn't going to come out for quite a while. But you love Square Enix's take with working with Disney before with Kingdom Hearts, Chris. Oh, yeah, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is still going strong. I mean. It's at the point now where they've come out with more games than I have the ability to play. Because mm-hmm. I've only played, like, the core franchise, and then they started, like, spinning off doing mobile games and uh, handheld games. So Did they do the, the one with the Dewey Duodecum 360 over R5 or something? Was that them? <laughs> that was something that they did, yeah. The, that I don't remember weird the exact name. title of it, but yes, that was... <laughs> that was one of them. It was like Duodecim. Over. Uh, and then there was like 360, like two days, or 352 days over. So I don't even Yeah, remember. yeah. Some stupid uh, names. But no, like, I, I do love Square Enix. I mean, I've always been a final, uh, final Fantasy fan. I like when they do try to do stuff that's a little bit different, and I think them doing actually something that's more licensed is completely different because everything that they've done is more in-house like hey okay let's build this world on our own and like pursue it mm-hmm. um, and then they yeah, have I, enough I, like uh production houses now square enix because they own uh Eidos or edos depending on your pronunciation to do those licensed properties or do those other games like the tomb raider series yeah i, I don't i don't mind them doing other stuff like this and you know what if we get some cool marvel games why not mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm I'm just excited to see that uh, we're going to get some cool video games again because it looked, you know, for a while Disney was just shutting down production studio after production studio for their video games and pulling back the licenses. So, but that's the thing that they do though. Disney's very much like, a, oh, you know what? Let's do this. Okay, you know what? We're going to create our own brand, do this in house now. Oh, they're not selling as well as they used to. We're going to shut it down. Hey, we want to make video games. Let's outsource this to another company. Okay, now that we've outsourced it, we're going to decide to do this in-house. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just kind of how it works. 
Very boom bust. Yeah. And I think the last bit of news is we've gotten uh, a new director for the Batman film with uh, Matt Reeves, hmm. uh, who has, I guess, agreed to take on that chore of making that Batman movie. Uh, Matt Reeves, you'll know from doing um, the upcoming War of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He also did a movie we reviewed back in 2010 with Let Me In. Oh, oh really? The American version. The American version, oh. uh, which was still good. Yeah, yeah it's it, still good. It was just... It was just the other movie. It was just mm-hmm. let the right one in. Uh, also known for doing uh, Cloverfield. Oh. And a really, really I awful... I seen Cloverfield. Yeah. A really, really awful movie, The Paul Bear, uh, starring Friends David Schwimmer. Oh. It's, I, it's really bad. Okay, after you said David Schwimmer, I remember that movie existing now, but when you said The Paul Bear before, for some reason, I just had an image of, like, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh, okay. Okay. Doing, like... Like a funny death movie. I don't know. Uh, he's a funeral director. <laughs> he, he's a funeral director that rides around in a Segway <laughs> with a dead body. <laughs> oh my god! What if it's like Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Oh my gosh! I'd watch. <laughs> Next year's Christmas special. Okay. All right. This. Yeah, we're totally not going to remember we're, that. Listeners. We're not going to remember it. And how do we do the sight gags? Because <laughs> that's how that that would be. Uh, talking one more thing before we run away from the news. Runaways ah, yeah. has a cast. It does have a cast. All these kids that I have no idea who they are, and that's fine, <laughs> yeah. and that's great. I I like it because of that. Because I'm like, I, I love the I love the fact that people know I'm a Runaways fan. So I had like I think six people share this to me on Facebook or through like text messaging, mm-hmm. and it was hard for me to be excited about it because I was like, oh, they have a cast. That's awesome. I don't know who any of these people are, and it's sad because that means I finally hit the age where I'm no longer as hip and with it as I think I am. Well, they've well, been in teeny, teen, like, tween stuff. Yes, Paul, I still used to know about all of that. Oh, yeah, because High School Musical. Uh, well, yes, which I just rewatched all of the other day because I don't have Wi-Fi, so now I'm doing, like, the DVD burn-through to see just, like, what I can watch it. Wait, after, like, when, I get home when you say all of it, do you mean the first movie or all three? I mean all three. With Sharpay's Great Adventure? No, but that, that's a... That's a spinoff. It doesn't count. (laughs) So it's like the... uh, I don't have that one on DVD. It's the Dewey Decimum 365 (laughs) Days of of High School Musical. Uh, But out of this cast, Chris, you will know one of the fathers uh, playing Victor Stein is going to be Spike's James Marsters. Oh, Marsters? Actually, Uh, I didn't see that. Was that in like the first initial... No, this just came out, I think, yesterday. The okay. parents were cast. Because, honestly, Ooh. what I did is when I was, like, I saw the first, like, article about it, and they were putting up pictures of everyone, I wasn't reading through it. I just would look at the picture to be like, okay, who is this character supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And and I got them all. So I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm you, confident that, that they will get at least some of this right. So you were casting the cast? I was casting the cast. Like, as soon as I would see them, I'd be like, <laughs> you look like a Gert. <laughs> oh, that would be an insult if you weren't casting the cast. <laughs> well, here's the thing: that girl is cast as Gert. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, nailed it. So she she put herself in that position to be called she, a Gert. She, she did. Uh, and then Kevin Weissman, also somebody you would know, is uh, from Clerks Two, the man that 
threw up because they were making fun of Lord of the Rings too much. Uh, Who's he going to be in it? Uh, he's going to be uh, Dale Yoker. Yonkers? Okay, one of the uh, inventors, right? The Yonkers? I don't remember Yorks. Uh, the Yorks. Dale Yorks. Okay. Sorry, I, I had closed down I had closed down the page. Names. I knew the actor's name. I didn't know the character's name. Yeah, the so the Yorks that would be Gert Stan. Uh, the time travelers. Uh yeah. I like Runaways. If you like playing the game Smash Up from uh AEG, <laughs> it's kinda like that. Because it's the card game. Yeah, uh, the card game. Yeah. Just making sure people knew. Yeah. Uh I know what you're talking about. Because it's a, it's a bunch of West Coast villains that are kind of, like, under the radar, and they want to operate under the radar so they don't get the West Coast Avengers back, and their kids find out uh, that their parents are meeting in secret all these years because they're actually supervillains, and the kids decide to, and wait for it, titular line, run away. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they decide to become titular, uh, titular line. Runaways. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Properly done, Paul. Now, properly segue us out. Books! You could read those books. in comic books that we're looking forward to. That was not a proper segue, though, just so you know. I don't want you giving yourself credit for that one. Just because you say you're going to segue and then you yell the first word that comes to your mind does not make it a segue. No, no, it's it's the it's like, hey, look, a squirrel version of a segue. What the hell's that? It's the next topic. That's what it is. <laughs> next topic. And we're Acting. Gonna, and we're going to be talking about the books coming out February fifteenth, two thousand seventeen. Chris, I know you have a book. I do have a book, I and I want to know what Paul's reading. <laughs> I'm. I was got really excited to hear what Chris was picking. I'm picking. Chris, a... what are you picking? Paul wants to know. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually looking forward to Jim Henson's Power of the Dark Crystal, number one. Ooh. And this is uh, part of a 12-issue series uh, coming out from Boom Studios. This is written by uh, Simon Spurrier with art by Nicole Matthews. And this is in celebration of the 35th anniversary of the original Dark Crystal film, um, the actual legit sequel to it. Because hmm. I know that like uh, it wasn't... Um it wasn't Boom Studios. It's the uh, the company that combined Arcaea. Arcaea. They used to do. They had a Dark Crystal comic book series going um, for a long time. I I thought because they were always doing different Henson projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the the licensing deal with Henson, and that's also the company that put out the Tale of Sand, which we mm-hmm. reviewed for one of our um, trading policies. I can't remember, but yeah, after Boom bought out Arkea. Now I guess all those rights are with them. And this is one of those movies that I haven't seen in so long, but I have such fond memories of it from being a kid that whenever I see something that's kind of like awkward looking, I'll still nudge whoever I'm next to and be like, looks like Gelfling. Smells <laughs> <laughs> like, like Gelfling. the time they don't get it though. So then it's kind of just like, you know, you don't know the Dark Crystal? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I have a friend of mine who's dating a girl that looks like a Gelfling. Oh. <laughs> Does she smell like a gulfling? <laughs> I don't know. But my wife was like, she was like, she elbowed me really hard, and she's like, and I was like, it looks like a gulfling. And she was like, I don't know what that means. See, child bride. Like, it's, it's always depressing. But yeah. I, Gotta be careful I'm with those child brides. This exists. Mm-hmm. Like, this exists, and they are still, like, 
trying to breathe life into these franchises that existed, mm-hmm. you know, in our kind of formulative years. I'm surprised that this is actually this movie's actually older than me. Because I remember watching, I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I know I watched it a ton and my parents got annoyed with it. Yeah. Because of the high-pitched bird people voices. Yeah. The Skeksis? This is a great movie just to have on in the background when you're doing stuff. Because you can stop and you can look and you can like, oh, that's great. But then you can go back to doing whatever you're doing. Or like a sick day Mm -hmm. movie where you could sleep through some of it. I tried to get Kate to watch it with me and she, it just... It's hard to hold unless you grew up with it. It's hard to hold a person's interest. I think. Yeah. I I agree, because uh, that creepiness factor is there and it hits you as a kid. The creepiness factor when you're an adult looking at it, you're like, nah, they're puppets. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> like when they get drained the life out of and everything, you're like, it's just a different puppet. I I do have to say that, though, those things creep me out. Though. The uh, those bird skeleton people or whatever they are like those things still look pretty creepy Mm -hmm. and they i mean they they they're the best looking things in that yeah kate is also uh has her bachelor's in fine arts so there's a lot of moments especially with jim henson stuff where she gets really annoyed because it just puts her back into that uh, college phase where people would just do the like visual art which is just Things screaming at you or trying to make you be off-putting, uh, like uh, the Office. Remember the episode where the scary Halloween uh, with uh, the really stringbeany guy brings in the movie that he did. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like basically, there were courses where Kate would sit through that over and over and over again, and then you know because the students, that's what they did because they had no artistic talent. Yeah, and in uh, school. And she would have to then sit there and try to critique it, you know, because everybody, you know, shows their project and then you have to critique it. Too much yelling! <laughs> Pretty much. And she's like, it just, ugh, those days just were the worst. See, I would have done... And Jim Henson stuff, like, every once in a while, it kind of, ver- for her, it verges on that. I would have, like, written stuff like, you can tell the use of red means they want to sleep with their mother. <laughs> like, I would have done stuff like that. That was a weird tangent. Oh. What, what book were you looking forward to before, uh, before John threw it away to you and then took it away? Uh, I'm going to go like a Batarang uh, and bring it back to Batwoman Rebirth number one. Uh, this is James Tinian IV, a.k.a. one of the Batsars. Can we call him? Bat- say that, yeah. Yeah, Batsars. Uh, also uh, co-written by uh, Marguerite uh, Bennett. And I'm excited I for this. I thought you were going to say, like, Marguerite Pepperoni. <laughs> uh, no, not uh, not not Pepperoni. Uh, Bennett. And uh, the art's being done by Ben Oliver, strong artist, and covers are being done by Steve Epting, even stronger artist. So I'm excited. Uh, they, they're bringing some really good talent on this book again. Uh, and I feel bad, too, because, like, this was, this is actually in my poll list. This is something that I want to check out. And I recognize, like, the writer and artist's names, and I recognize them as people that I have enjoyed their work, but I hate the fact that I can't remember what they've actually done. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that, because now I'm here. It's almost like you're forcing me to do a Google search real quick for Ben yeah, Oliver. Paul, Paul, we're just we're too old to remember. I know. No, we're not hipping with it now. Uh, they did the uh, Ben Oliver did The Losers, which we liked. He also worked on uh, The Ultimate X-Men, and he also did uh, Batman. Uh, well, he wasn't really the one doing the Batman v Superman. He, but uh, Batwing, 
he was most recently working no. on. I'm holding this beer for you. Oh, sorry. Uh, and then, yeah. So that's what Jono. I'm looking for. Hey, guys. I'm going to be looking at uh, picking Ooh. up, maybe possibly for the Ooh. podcast, the book Super Sons, number one. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's in the corner and grabbing a pot or something, I think, because I keep hearing... <laughs> <laughs> Just taking nose, taking a sniff off this beer. Uh, and this is written by Peter Tomasi with uh, art and cover by Jorge Jimenez. Uh, and this is uh, Superman's son and Batman's son team up book. Uh, someone who I think Batman's that I've son. seen. Don't. <laughs> I don't know why that. Uh, we know who Damien is. We know he's a kind of a prick, and we've seen a little bit of. Superman's son, who seems a little more innocent, a little more childlike, kind of... De- definitely raised by the Kents. Uh, yeah, and he's definitely kind of, like, bright and shining, and then you have, like, this dark, dirty coin that you found under a, like, a used... Di- that when you picked it up, it actually cut your finger? It has, yeah, a, like, it has ah, a really geez. sharp edge. Now I'm infected. <laughs> I'm not sure why. So, I kind of want to see the play off of these two characters, and the only... The thing that's making me buy this is that it's written by Peter Tomasi. I really like Peter Tomasi's writing. You like Peter Tomasi doing writing Damien before they killed Damien more than any other of the writers. You liked him more, didn't you? Like him? I did like I did like him more write. than Grant Morrison writing Damien. Well, I I agree because I think Grant Morrison like gave birth to Damien, but it was really Pete Tomasi that raised him. I would agree. Okay. I was trying to remember because I know I, I know all three of us had long conversations about yeah. and, Damien's mean, place and whether or not we actually like Damien. I was always the one like, no, he's awful. I think he's always going to be – he's always the best played with, like, Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. So now you have a character kind of like Dick Grayson and super, the super boy or super kid or whatever this yeah. kid's name is because there's another super boy running around – uh, yeah. Isn't there like it's Super Dash Men or Man something like that? Oh, the that, Chinese Superman? I don't know. There's the Chinese Superman. Yeah. That. Yeah, we never read that one, did we? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've never paid attention to what, and the cover the cover art didn't show me that he was Asian. Uh, but yes, I'm looking to check this book out. Uh, I'd like to see how it's going to play out. It's to me, it's worth uh, a first issue read if it's fun. If I like it, I'll pick it up but i mean he's done that good cop bad cop before mm-hmm. prime example something we talk about all the time green lantern core yeah. you know he's been able to do that with these characters and hey, i'm drinking my uh, lizard class out of my green lantern core pint glass right now <laughs> i'm more interested uh, in oh the, the the damian dynamic with this character because dick grayson he damian had to give him begrudging respect because he was a circus boy that came from nothing and became the best Robin. And even Damien could recognize that. You know, he worked hard where, you know, I, I think the dynamics going to be a lot different because Damien here would look at this kid and be like, no, you were born with these powers and you're hiding on a farm. Like, I don't think there's going to be any respect paid for, I, you know, I don't superpowers. Think so because I, I think um, Jonathan Kent is someone that Damien would kind of place at his level where he has these great abilities, but he's basically just not using it. Like he's not there to cash in on it. And that makes him inferior. 
unlike all the other Robins who Damien just feels like aren't they're not worthy. Like mm-hmm. you're you're not who you say you are. Like you, you will never be as good as me. I, I think Superboy here could be okay, and that's just going to bug the crap out of Damien. Oh, that'd be interesting play too. That would be interesting. So we'll read it. For well, number, uh, now I'm intrigued. I was like, I don't know why John's picking this book. But this back and forth that we've had, it's got it's piqued my interest. Mm. Much no, and actually when this book was kind of teased, I was like, oh, you know, that that could be a fun read because they're very different opposites, kind, uh, opposite sides of very different coins. Well, also, when like all the books were released, didn't we do a thing where we drafted and we picked books that we would want or we are interested in reading? I mean, that was back with New 52. I think I, we did it with this, too, just like a quick thing in the news, yeah, like maybe a couple. I think we did, yeah. Um, and but we is, didn't get as many books. Like, these are, like, now. No, this was, this was oh, a, right? announced during launch, oh. and it's been pushed back. I didn't realize I think that. because they wanted to do Damien and the Titans mm. um, and then release it this way, they wanted you to get to know those characters before because you've gotten to see Jonathan Kent in the Superman mm-hmm. book and stuff. And, and Superman, uh, World's Finest, or, tr- oh, yeah, Trinity. So that's that's the only place I really read them, and then some of the Superman books. All right, but uh, we should do another reading right now, right? Yes. And now, a dramatic reading from Hal Jordan and a Green Lantern Corps, number thirteen, page fifteen, panel three. We make the universe afraid. Power level one hundred percent. Yeah, how's that working out for you? That was a dramatic reading from Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 13, page 15, panel 3. I tried to do three different voices. I don't think it worked. Uh, the first one was, The first one was different. Second the one ne- was me. And then, the, <laughs> and then the next one was... Yeah, it was just you was like, you just spoke a little louder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cold reading. I didn't. I saw that it was a Green Lantern panel, and I'm like, oh, okay, Hal Jordan. And, I, I got this. and then I'm like, oops didn't realize there was other characters in there and something that that is also very similar to the beer we just had is the beer we're having now this is uh from you're having ultra vase ultra vase (laughs) no all over my face because it means one it means one more time oh oh i didn't know that uh ultra is spanish for like another or again and then vase is time hmm no we're not doing that though that we're so far (laughs) off we're doing Prairie Artisan Sales Bomb, which we can yell on a podcast, but not, on a, not anywhere else anymore. Uh, Imperial Stout aged on coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and chili pepper. Uh, I kept on going, ooh, ooh, because I this... I thought we weren't doing chili pepper beers anymore. Uh, the Otra Vesa Or is that just has... like a John rule, like, I'm not doing this? Well, uh, well, the Otra Vesa has the chili peppers in it, but it's, like, really well done, and it's just there for a little, like, warmth, sp- warmth yeah. on your tongue. It's not, like, the hal- habanero, mango, habanero stuff, which yeah. is, like, no, no, you need to taste the pepper. Yeah, and you will taste the pepper for the rest of your life as it turns your stomach into a cauldron of acid. At least that's me. Ma- uh, Mango Magnifico, right? Yeah. That does it. And also Mango. the Bells one, which was bad. The Oberon, the, the, no. they had a mango. Did they, did they, they had a mango habanero yeah, as well. The Oberon is their wheat ale. I think, wheat. I think. Yeah, Oberon's very good. It's just like nice drinkable. But then they do like the mango with it the and habanero in the with the Oberon. Was in like an Oberon. They might Possibly, have done. They I, could have done a variant. I don't know. 
but it's like everyone's uh, done some kind of like hot pepper beer. Sculpin, Sculpin jalapeno. Oh yeah, the Sculpin one. I didn't like that one. Um, the Ghost Face Killer. Yeah, Rogue put out a Sriracha Stout. Uh, uh, sriracha. Yeah. Okay. Not Sriracha. The hop. The hop I, that you love. See, other pe- people get the other one mixed up. I get it the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is Prairie Bomb. It smells like chocolate milk. This is a thirteen percent beer. This is why I kept on going ooh ooh to get back to my ooh, original almost salmon. It it smells like coffee. It's it smells like Mexican hot chocolate coffee. See, I I get straight up chocolate milk um, nose off of it. I'm getting a little coffee, but the back end, the back, the uh, aftertaste, I get like a weird corn. Like it tastes like a like corn. <laughs> I can get that. I think I thought doing these two beers together would be good, mm-hmm. but I think it throws your palate off a little bit because they're, they're close but different. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at yellow and orange right next to each other, and you're like, mm. for you, yes, oh, not okay. for me. Okay, I can tell the difference between those character, those, those <laughs> colors, quite easily. Oh, hey, look, that's orange. It's next to that green. No, no, yellow. Yellow? Yeah. Yellow next to green? No, yellow next to orange. Uh, yeah. That they're know. close enough and they can kind of be off-putting. Like, no. No? No. They're, they wouldn't clash for you at all? No, they look different. Okay. So you would wear a shirt, a plaid My shirt. My rods and cones work, sir. You would wear a plaid shirt that had both yellow and orange on it. Yeah, I'm not doing that right now. No, you're not. Well, I wouldn't do that because I just don't like that color scheme. Oh. Okay. Uh, but anyways... <laughs> Uh, Prairie Bomb, uh, I've had their Christmas Bomb. I really liked it. I think having not had this after the chard, I think it would be very good. It is a very good stout. I have had it before, too. Um, But, yeah, doing one after the other, I think, takes away from the Prairie Bomb. Uh, But that'll get us into our... Uh, Sorry, before you... Before you jump over, I've, I poured myself another like half Ooh. glass of the uh, Lizard of Cosmere. I've been kind of sipping on that. Is it warmer now? It's a little bit warmer now, and warming up has completely cut out kind of that blueberry syrupiness that I was getting at the beginning. Like I still have a blueberry taste, but it's it's leveled out more. Like it's no longer I take a sip and I kind of wince from just like Ugh, diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but like the no- the nose is like. It's still, like, a nice, like, sweet. I get more of the blueberry on the nose now than I did before. Like, previously, it was all, like, chocolate. Um, John, I'm going to say I kind of like this one a little bit better, like, warmed up more. Like, it's still kind of cool just from being in the refrigerator and then sitting out. But, like, this way, I like it a little bit more. Hmm. Okay. Hey, I mean, it's everybody's got a different preference. I only – I first only had it warm – and I was like, oh, this is a beer for Chris. Like, I knew that you would like it, but I I just wanted you to know that it's not what you expect it to be. Uh, I, I think warmer, it's closer to almost what I expected. I just wish I got more of that bourbon. Yeah, you don't get, you don't get a lot of Because there's really nothing there. Like, if I had just read on the bottle that this was a imperial stout aged with blueberries, chocolate, and vanilla, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's what it is. But as soon as it throws on that, like, and aged in bourbon barrels, I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't get that. Like any kind of bourbon taste I might get, I could probably just attribute to the vanilla as this is. Hmm. I, I understand that. Yeah. Putting bur- putting barrel aged on your bottle, uh, means that you have a lot of, uh, a lot to live up to. 
because there's some great bourbon barrel aged or just barrel aged beers out there. Uh, much Especially like from founders too. That's the thing, though. Yeah, KBS, CBS, uh, Fruitwood. <laughs> yeah, of course, Fruitwood. I say, I say, having not had it yet. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, when you put a certain title on a book. You're well, we have none, no books that have a title that bears any kind of weight for me. So that was a poor segue. <laughs> Speaking it's about okay, the yeah. mighty Captain Marvel. <laughs> We didn't talk about what order, but that's the one yeah. that Chris started with. All right. Uh, this book gets political quick. <laughs> I don't have it pulled up right now because um, I was I, looking at I don't at have the any order. of these pulled up because yeah. I read them all on my phone, which I'm using for podcasting right now. Um, so can you read the uh, writer and artist? Please? So this is The Mighty Captain Marvel, written by uh, Marguerite Stoll, artist Raymond Rosanas. Who does a good job? Uh, yeah. yeah, I do. I do like the art in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, this book takes place where in a world that's been going that she's been operating for a while, and we haven't been reading. Yes, so we're kind of thrown right into it. Yeah, and I mean, like uh, we knew that she was leading Alpha Flight, which was like a space station team. Now. With Sasquatch, though, and all, and Puck, and all the other characters that you know, but they're working with S.W.O.R.D., but I guess yeah. it's not called S.W.O.R.D. anymore, with Agent Brandt, but Beast isn't there, and you're like, dude, where's Beast? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, like, uh, moving pieces, the pieces that have been moving on the board, and now we're, like, coming back to the board, like, tense Ten moves, ten turns afterwards, and they're like, "Wait, what happened here?" And I think the but thing I feel like it, it's still accessible enough now. Where yes, Alpha Flight is kind of like in charge of like Earth skies, like like the galaxy around it. Like they deal with any of the threats that are coming to Earth. And right now, they're kind of dealing with a refugee crisis. Yeah, because the Chitari, which I thought were just the ultimate versions of the Scroll, have been invading all the different. Home worlds of all these different races, including the Kree, uh, the Chitari from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, which is kind of what, what bothered me about this is Captain Marvel sold her like rights so she could fund fund Alpha Flight. So they're making like a bad Cap Captain Marvel <laughs> like, soap opera almost. Yeah, WB and, television show. They're they're poking fun at the WB. One of those things, I was just like, okay, the inclusion of that plotline completely ruined this book for me because it's like, why would she need to do that? How much money is she getting for like her name rights that they can do this TV show that it's funding a space station up in the sky protecting protecting Earth? Uh, Yeah, that that was Mm -hmm. my biggest complaint. The start the start of this book because I just at first like. When you see her fighting that guy in the armor with the hammer, I was like, okay, it's starting with a battle. And then I'm like, now it's turning into softcore porn. It's not real. Why am I reading this book? Yeah, never open it with a dream sequence. Yeah. And uh, this could work with some other characters, say, like Ant-Man, where Ant-Man sells his life rights to have money to just basically... Survive, survive, because he's Ant Man and just always down on his luck. Captain Marvel, it it doesn't work so much, and it it just threw me off from the beginning of this. 
I have no issue with anything else that happens on like the 15 pages or whatever that follow, but to start off with her being like, Oh, nope, here I am. Like, see, I thought this book just, I, I, from the, from the jump, I, I felt like, Oh, this book has something to say about the world we live in now. And that's, and this is just a vehicle for the, this writer editor team to basically poke jabs at where we are as, as an American society. Oh, you know, you need money, become a reality TV star. You know, sell your rights, do that. You know, poke fun at uh, w, the WBification of all these superheroes because that's what I felt like it was. Like the whole, like, oh, we're fighting, but now we're kissing thing. It felt more. Oh, it's CW, I'm sorry. CW ish. Um, and then the whole point of the refugees. I'm like, well, that's a little on the nose. And then even uh, Tony Stark or. No, it's Captain America saying, like, until we get that uh, atmosphere wall up. And I'm like, oh, jeez, on the nose. It just felt a little heavy handed. I I wish I had more affinity for her supporting cast, like that one girl that's there, like, just being a teenage yeah. sidekick. So you have no idea who she is. That's uh, just sarcastic. She's like the Twitter analog, I guess. Like, she's just there to be snarky. Yeah. And, like, there's humor, there's some humor put in this book that, like, doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't feel like it needs to be there. Like, especially, like, with, like, uh, Sasquatch or those cookie crumbs in your, <laughs> in your, in your fur. And at that point, you're like, okay, this could still be a lighthearted book because it's right at the beginning after the whole. And then it totally thing. turns and, and it's going into political. this big political thing. The book doesn't make sense. I think the book looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I really like the art in it. Yeah. But I didn't like the book. Yeah. And I don't care at the end that there's a scroll with a big sword that looks like her now. Yeah, it's or, Shapeshifter. Which you know, I guess is a Chitari. But are Chitari shapeshifters? Is she? Is it a scroll? I scroll still around. I don't know where we are anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel out of place with this book, and it's not just because I haven't been reading this, but I just don't. I think I, as a reader, am out. I feel out of place with this book, and then the tone of the book itself feels out of place because it's going from that comic, comedic kind of like, oh, we're going to make fun of things, to no, we're political satire, to no, we're just a comic book, comic book again. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't feel right. I was actually looking forward to maybe getting into this yeah. book because I've seen her like when she's appeared in uh, Spider Woman. I really enjoyed the Captain uh, Marvel character, mm-hmm. Carol yeah. Danvers. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I I let's get behind this. And then it just was not the roller coaster I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe because I harken back to when we read when they relaunched her as Captain Marvel, and we had that first issue that we'd read and we all really enjoyed it yeah, yeah never... where she's the fighter pilot she's the old school she's the female Hal Jordan yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> like that book seemed a lot more of what I wanted and I was <laughs> expecting that out of this book but maybe with a turn because I knew she was working with Alpha Flight in mm-hmm. space yeah. so I was expecting maybe something like that and even just... more Green Lantern-esque <laughs> and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it yeah so uh, yeah, I picked it up because uh, Marvel put out a whole thing that now with the Captain Marvel movie coming out soon, like there's going to they're 2017, they're making a big push behind this character, and I'm like, okay, let's start it off with the right. Oh, not the right foot. I I, I don't want this Captain Marvel. <laughs> no. We we 
we want her being an awesome, you know, Air Force pilot turned superhero battling aliens because we like that. We know what that is. We like it a Chris likes it a lot. He's drinking out of that cup right now. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? You, you well, let's s- talk about another awful book with uh, Justice League America Ray Rebirth number one. I, oh, I wouldn't say this is awful. No, this is probably the book I like the most from <laughs> everything that we had. Really? Yeah. <sighs> I felt like they were telling me who the characters were in this. Okay, well, again, writer artist. Uh, and then Steve Wikipedia. Orlando and oh. Stephanie um, Byrne on uh, color. On art. Uh, yeah, I feel... So this is a reintroduction to the character, the Ray, the old um, Stripes and Stripes character. Uh, what was that team's name? Uh, Freedom, Fri- Freedom, Fri- uh, Freedom, Fi- Freedom Fighters. Freedom Fighters. <laughs> Freedom Fighters. Uh, Freedom Fries. Yeah, Freedom Fries uh, character. And now getting folded into the Justice League where it's uh, a young... We were introduced to him as a teenager who's allergic to sunlight. Like, uh, his mom's convinced that if he sees sunlight, he's going to die. Uh, Because when he has seen sunlight, he starts glowing, his skin starts cracking apart. He hurt his one friend when he was a little kid. Yeah, almost made him blind, put him in a coma. But we learn later, the kid's fine. Um, So he's lived in absolute seclusion, growing up on nothing but old his dad's old comic books and old squash-buckling movies. Um, So... The kid's going to turn out a little weird. Uh, so then he goes out, he gets hit by light, and then he turns into this ghost form that he then kind of travels through the world in this ghost form. To, you know, ac- ac- you know, acclimate himself to what the world actually is now, not just, you know, what he's read in comic books and seen in movies. And he's like, oh, not as good. <laughs> not as good, people. What are we doing? And uh, then he realizes that uh, his friend, that he knocked out accidentally once is running for mayor and he's very excited about it so he goes to try to hang out with that uh and there's this uh sons of liberty group that uh does not want to become more inclusive again very political uh that's very upset with what this mayor is saying uh these outsiders are coming into their town telling them how they should live and how they should think and how should they should behave and they're very again it they're again it and, uh, Are you saying against it? Again it. Yeah. Okay. Against it. Yeah. Again it. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I just was like, what is he doing? <laughs> I feel like that's not a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. I, I was taken back by it. I didn't know it was a thing. So you're saying you're again it? John, John, John's against it. <laughs> uh, and so the Ray has to step up. And defend his friend uh, from this uh, attacker, and he becomes a ray of hope. The ray. And uh, his washbuckling days are now in front of him. Yeah. That's the South. I think it came uh, that, from South Park, the Armageddon. Okay. Uh, and that wraps up. Show that, I haven't seen. That, that pretty much covers everything that happens in this book. Chris, let me know what you liked about this book, because. Um, this was the last book of the four that we read for the show that I read. Um, <laughs> one of those sentences that gets away from me. Um, I don't know, everything else was just 
very dreary and kind of drab that I like that this message, uh, this book had a message of hope and Steve Orlando also writer on Supergirl. So I'm not surprised that that message kind of carried through. I don't mean this was a great book by any stretch, but this is kind of the one that I liked reading reading the most out of all of them, even though it still wouldn't have been like one of my favorite books ever. I could, okay. I can see that this is the book you like the most out of the four that we read for that reason. Uh, I, I purchased three of the four books that we're reading. Uh, so I kind of had my time to read this over the four weeks that I had had it. Uh, I read it to see if I was going to like it, because I picked it up because I thought I might like it. And I don't know if I just wasn't... This just wasn't what I was expecting. Um, but I wasn't like the... I don't know. I just did not enjoy... I think from... I, I enjoyed the start to see where it was going to go, and in the middle and the end, it just kind of lost me, and it seemed... Um, I don't know, like kind of cheesecakey or just like just not like it just wasn't a, I just didn't think it was a good store I just I don't know I just didn't like it just didn't yeah. sit right with me it's so that's okay like it's just it's not great but I appreciate the positivity of it mm-hmm. um and that was enough to kind of like elevate this book against everything else that we had. Yeah, it was a weak month for our monthly look back. I, I, I will say that. And I understand that you you want to. It is a very positive message. I do like that, but I just don't feel like this character. Uh, I I can't even remember his real name. I'm just going to call him the Ray. Like, his name is Ray. It might be, but not. It isn't. I don't, but uh, see that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> There's a ray, and like everything kind of happens to him, and he like, and I don't understand like, okay, th- this is oh he watched these movies, so of course he's going to become a hero, and he watched what you know he binged on comic books, so he's going to want to become a you know he's going to want to dress like the old heroes. I don't know. I I it feels like lazy character development. And I don't feel attached to him yet. Uh, maybe in an ensemble piece. Oh no, his name is Ray. It is Ray. I know. I'm just, I just looked it up. I just looked at it. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. It's okay. Uh, I like this is a point, a contention. All of us read it, and all of us couldn't quite remember what his name was, whether or not it was Ray or not. Um, and that's that's my problem with it. Uh, again, I. I didn't think the art was as good as Captain Marvel's art, but it wasn't bad. No, I like the it was, art. It was I mean, okay. It's, it's very bright. Mm-hmm. Yes, it should be. Yes, it as it rightfully should be. It was very yeah, bright I, considering it's all in the shadows. Yeah. Like when it, it's, I, it's a dark it's a book, book, but then when they used light, it was very bright and popped on the page. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, also, I wouldn't recommend the book I was probably looking forward to the most, Commandy Challenge, number one. Uh, several artists and writers on this book for the different parts. Uh, Dan Abnett being one. 
Uh, so I'm trying to find where I can have all the guys. Yeah, the, the first half of this book was done by Dan Abnett with Dan DiDio with art by Scott Koblish. Um, then the second half was drawn by Dale Eaglesham. I can't remember who. Dan Abnett wrote that as well. Did you, who wrote that one as well? Okay. Yeah, so I think the first part might have been written just by Dan DiDio. Yes, Dan DiDio uh, and story and art by Keith Giffen. So Keith okay. Giffen and Dan DiDio did the first part, and Keith Giffen doing art. Uh, so what this book is, is a writer-artist team takes on a small chunk of the story, leaves it in a cliffhanger, and then the next writer and artist that come on have to pick up and finish that cliffhanger to leave it in another cliffhanger for the next writer team, uh, writer-artist team. Which sounds like kind of really fun, yeah, yeah. and I think it would be if they weren't trying to write like a 1960s comic book. Everything is a love letter to Jack Kirby. From the cover, it has King Kirby 100 right on the cover, a little in an image of Jack Kirby there. He shows up in the book as Mr. Kirby. Everything is a love letter to to that 1960s, 1970s. Uh, comic book work and i think you can do that but make it modern but make it modern don't have that what they're a robot mr jensen is a robot like we saw he was a robot his face got ripped off there's a robot underneath <laughs> don't give me shitty writing and that's what well, i really they didn't call him a robot that's a th- that was the thing too they were robots at one point okay buddy <laughs> I, I love you, Paul. <laughs> I, I appreciate what they're trying to do with this book, but I think this book made me realize that I just don't care about the like, Commandy and those those Kirby characters. That that alone won't bring me in. Like the fact that it's like a cool process. Like no, like we're gonna set this up, and then like it's up to the next team to like deliver that, and then set up something else for the next team. Like that's a cool like creative exercise. But if the book just doesn't work, like that, that's not going to do anything to keep me intrigued in it. And I think it's it's the tone of this book. I think if the writing was just they weren't trying to mimic that '60s writing style, which it just wasn't very. I mean, we've all gone back to read some of that stuff, even early Stan Lee stuff. Mm-hmm. I have like. Um, Golden Age Green Lantern in a trade. It's like unreadable. It's just really poor writing. And I guess we're just used to better writing. Or well, and yeah, I yeah. feel like if they didn't writing that trusts the artist to tell the story. And, yeah. And I, I, I feel like if they had gone their writing styles and done it the way in their voices it would have been better. I think having that kid wake up, having that kid all of a sudden realize that no, his parents left him in this place to be raised by these robots and protected. It could have been like, Oh wow, that's really cool. I never knew that about commandy, but Mm -hmm. it's done in such a poor way that I didn't care. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is a slog to get through. And then even that fight, the art in that fight of commandy, fighting that giant gorilla looked great, but everything that was going on within... With the four eyeballs! Within him talking to himself about, oh boy, 
I better jump and try to bounce off of his knee and then have him bounce off of the knee. I saw that. I didn't need that. And it just makes me feel like you're dumbing down this book way too much for me. When you could have set a precedent where we're going to take this character, we're going to make it interesting. And we've had that a couple times. It might not have been, like, great, but when we saw him in, in... not 52, but maybe Countdown, they had like a little storyline with Commandy. Mm-hmm. Or I Final think, Crisis, fi- I think he shows Final up. Final Crisis. Like that stuff was at least like interesting versions of a character that I've never had to read. Mm-hmm. Where this well, even the Wednesday Comics version of Commandy, it was, a, it was a very interesting read. And I can't remember who wrote it now, but then I, th- I want to say it was Dave Gibbons wrote it and then Ryan Sook did the artwork for it. And. I still read that because it was very well done, but it was very much in the style of something like Prince Valiant, which I always hated reading yeah. the comics as a kid, but it, it still worked. Yeah, I, like from from the start when I saw, oh, okay, 100 Years Kirby, I was put in that mindset. Like, you know, for the, after the first two panels, I'm like, nope, nope, okay, I get what they're doing here. And also, I, I can understand, I, I completely understand and agree. I, I don't find it as off-putting as you do, John. I, I, I'm able to read the older comic books and get through it because I I get into that mindset of, oh, this is what it is. And uh, what was I going to say? Um, I don't remember now. I, I, well, I sidetracked myself. And I'm gonna, it's okay. I, I thought the thing about this book matters. Yeah. yeah. I th- but here's the thing is it should be a writer and artist team who oh. are trying to nail it. Who are gonna like? We're gonna leave it so those other guys are gonna have to work super hard to well, get this. Well, they do. They and by the end, the very last panel, they're setting off a nuclear bomb, and it's the uh, crystal skull problem again. <laughs> like after you defeat the uh, nuclear bomb, what else can you do? Uh, you go up and go. You've set off this nuclear bomb and hit the button, and it stops. Like, like it, to me, it seems like there's no real consequences. It's just like these guys throwing softballs to each other. Okay. Where I was expecting, like, these guys t- to really bring it. And, like, you know what? We're going to make these guys really work for it. No, Commandy doesn't have an arm. <laughs> Screw you, dude. Uh, we're going to... He's going <sighs> to jump through this teleporter. We ended it. And then it's like, I'm going to wake up in this cage. What happened? Dreams. Yeah. Now, I'm being carried around by a leash by a dog. Isn't that crazy? No, yeah. it's not. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> John didn't like this book. No, I, I, I do have I to say, Eaglesham's... I was sad because I was looking forward to it. Eaglesham's... And I remember even when you brought this to the table, I was like, oh, you know what? Even if I don't like, you know, the book and what's going on with it, like, I could always check out later issues because it could be a team that I really dig. No. Even then, like, <laughs> it's not going to be a thing now. Like, this, this pointed me at, like, everything that can go wrong with a book like this. Dale Eaglesham's art on that second part of the book, I think is really good. With the, Oh, yeah, it looks really good. Uh, and that's that's the best part of this book, is his his art in this, and doing the dog creatures and the tiger creatures, uh, for the most part. I just turned to a page and I was like, ugh, that dog's face. Uh, <laughs> but it does, it's, Wolf. right? And even like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I sneezed while I was laughing, but that was great. Uh, Buzz, your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even like the the king talk about softballs the king lion with that huge like or the king tiger with that beard like mm-hmm. it, I mean it looks really good yeah uh, and then getting into probably my favorite book uh, of the four uh, curse words curse words is <laughs> Paul looks at me like of course it's your favorite. <laughs> 
Uh, Curse Words is a story of uh, a wizard who is... Too uh, cool for school. Too cool for school. Who's come to uh, who's come to Earth to take it over from another plane of existence for the lord of that plane of existence. Mm-hmm. And by the time he's... But he's uh, also just suffered a really bad breakup. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So therefore... That's one thing you can't connect with, Paul. Uh, uh, So he's like, I'm going to throw my whole career away. By the time he's about to finish this uh, month-long cauldron spell to bring hell upon the earth, he's kind of like, I kind of like it here. Uh, It's not as shitty as my previous (laughs) world. I'd rather just stay here. Oh, they're not all slaves? Oh, and they're not all nobles. They're all free? I don't get it. And this is a hot dog. (laughs) Hot dog. Well, he doesn't have the pancake, the Hellboy's pancakes moment. <laughs> uh, or pancakes. They call them pancakes, right? Yeah, yeah. he says pancakes. Yeah. Uh, and Hellboy. It's not quite that much, but yeah, he, he learns about the world and it's like, nah, I can be a hero here. And uh, not, he, I can, not, not just I can be a hero, I can have a life, I can have fun, I can make money, I uh-huh. can. Well, make rubies. Be a cool dude. Yeah. I can kind of be worshipped as a celebrity hero um, by just reversing spells that I accidentally cast when I first got here. Cool. Yes, I am Wizard. Here to save you from evil magics of all kinds. Because I was having a shitty life and my girlfriend dumped me back in the other realm of existence. <laughs> Again, Paul, you've never been single. <laughs> well, I don't get it. <laughs> it's a tough existence. So, so you wish he had magic <laughs> and a talking rat that he makes into a koala because the koala's like, dude, I've been watching YouTube videos. Koalas are great. Koalas are cute. Supply, surprise, he didn't want to become a sloth. Uh, yeah, and and towards the end of the book, a wizard from that realm comes to uh, kill him, which he kills in front of a baseball stadium. And then shrinks the stadium. Uh, and puts it into his pocket and like, ah, well, you guys saw me kill somebody, so don't want that getting out. Out of all the books we read... Because baseball games aren't televised. <laughs> exactly, and that bothered me so much. I was like, no, other people probably saw this. Yeah. Well, it could have been a minor league game. That one would have been. Could have been. A triple-A game. Like, nobody's watching that. No, like, they don't They don't televise Bison's games. Uh, they, well... You can watch that. Like some of them, you can catch on like the local Except cable. Except for the fact that, news. like, oh hey, the whole stadium disappeared. That would mm-hmm. be news, right? Yeah. There's uh-uh. some dude here doing magic now. <laughs> what if that's you know related somehow? Well, he he could just you know play it off like no, there's an evil dark world uh, wizard, and I will chase him down. Uh, I think the book- you remember how cool I am. I made ju- I made a. G- uh, Justin Bieber uh, Platinum uh, Completely of, made of metal Out of all these books I probably won't pick up A sequel to any of them mm-hmm. uh, But this is probably the one I like the most out of the- Six ninety nine on a trade Seven ninety nine on a trade uh, Full $9.99 on a trade uh, No I probably I, Unless it was super cheap I probably wouldn't pick it up oh. I enjoyed this book But there wasn't enough there to make me go issue two i think this is fine like it's just a one shot i'm cool with it just being like a one shot fun book <laughs> and i thought it did have fun to it um i thought it looked good it fit the tone of the book uh the wizarding stuff they did they did a well job 
of capturing all of that. There seems like there's a reason why he always wants to get paid in precious gems, and he uses some of those precious gems to cast his, you know. But it ended up just putting dust in the guy's eye, so I'm like, was that magical? Or was it not magical? <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed like a very expensive, like, he was on a ca- he was on a catcher's mound, by the way, or a pitcher's mound, by the way. He could have just picked up the dirt off the baseball uh, stadium yeah, and threw it in the guy's eye. Would that dirt make that man's face melt and his body just oh, okay, wither so- away? Uh, but uh, was he it the spell it. or is it the magic? I think it's the magic he used with the gems. With the gems, to, the gems to cause that the magic. man to totally burn and melt, like he just opened the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, and so it wasn't a spell that he cast on dust. It yeah. was a power with it. There, so there is some there's, power. Yeah, in these there's gems. magic. He turned that man into a, a man made of what, like a platinum, because of the gems. Okay, like he, the magic comes through. I think those crystals and gems that he gets. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's never. Yeah, I just, I just didn't care about. The characters or anything that was happening in this—that's that's why I put the Ray over it. And I'd honestly probably put Captain Marvel over this too, because at least it could do something for that character in the Marvel universe where it could get better. This has already set the tone for me, though, for what cursors will be. All right, I think I think Captain Marvel set its tone for what it's going to be <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Power rankings, yeah. since we're already there. Power rankings. Chris, you basically gave yours. You said uh, the Ray over Curse Words. Yeah, the, the Ray would be one of the betters. Uh, over Captain Marvel. So Commandy Challenge is the worst, or Curse Words C- is Commandy the Challenge was really bad. All right, so you're going Ray, Curse Words, Captain Marvel. I'm, I'm trying to think through it. Like okay. Ray, Captain Marvel. Ooh. Commandy Challenge and then Curse Words. Commandy wow. Challenge could at least maybe be presentable. Like, you know, the next issue or the issue after that, depending on it can always turn around. Who's next. On it. It, yeah. could, it could turn around. I, I think with Chris words, it just, it's not going to be a book that Charles still wants to write for me. Uh, I would say curse words, Captain Marvel, the Ray, and then commandy challenge. Ooh. Uh, see the, cause commandy challenge is the X factor book. It's, Next time it could get better, so-and-so's writing it? I don't think we're ever going to break it from that 70s style, though. No, I don't think so. Because either. I think that's how they're going to keep the storytelling congruent. Like, they all kind of agreed, let's do love letters to Kirby. Let's just and write it in his to style. to do a true love letter to Kirby, take what he was doing, modernize it, and do a great job with it. And mm-hmm. instead, they're doing a half ass bullshit job. I think they're doing the job that they think because they all they all agree that this is the this is the playing field that we're playing on. We're all instead of us having our own like narrative storytelling styles, we're just going to go to this base level and play on this field. Commandy Challenge number two, written by Pete Tomasi. If you picked it up, maybe I would read it, but I probably won't. But just saying, like it it has that hook to it. It's like oh well, you know what this could. This could be interesting. This, uh, I think, it just, it's given me the flat-out fail that even if I pay... I, they'd just be getting my four ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I could buy anything else. I could go buy... Oh, uh, I could go buy... Commandy, a, Commandy Challenge number three, written by Jimmy Paul, uh, Palmiotti with art by Amanda Connor. Uh, I might have to be there. <laughs> I might have to show up for that one. Are you e- even picking? though I still have no faith in them, I, I think they could be better than... <laughs> Yeah. That's me, though. You know. 
curse words, I, I kind of see where the story's going. It, it doesn't seem like they're going to pull any like surprise punches right now. No, I mean it's a form. It's a fam- formulaic. I mm-hmm. wouldn't pick up. Yeah, it issue needs to be two of any of these. Right. It needs to be a limited series because I can't see it being an ongoing. Yeah. It, to me, it's the. Yeah, you can see the storyline where mm-hmm. it's going to go. It's formulaic, but it had... Because it was, the hero isn't a hero, and if they put him on an arc to become a hero, as soon as that happens, I don't it's think over. It's I, done. Yeah, he's never going to be the hero. Because he can't be, because as soon as that happens, there's nothing left yeah, to I do. Yeah, I don't see Charles Soule staying on this book. I, It's got to be a miniseries. <laughs> he also did, what was it, Letter 44, Charles Soule? Was, was that, that him, too? Yeah. yeah. I think that was what got him... Yeah, the, that was with the Marvel it. gigs. Uh, so yeah, for mine, I'm going to go with uh, kind of cl- very close to Chris, uh, the Ray, uh, Captain Marvel, Chris Words, and then Commandy Challenge. That might have been Chris's. No, he did. No, I, I had Commandy. Oh, okay. So fucked yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not. I was just trying to. I was trying to understand what the book was. I'm not defending it, saying that I liked Commandy Challenge's writing. I was just. Like, I had to rationalize it yeah, while I was no, reading. No, I totally get it. And, like, as soon as I started reading it, I said, okay, this is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I think that pays poor homage to Jack Kirby and this world they're trying to create. My opinion. Because Kirby's known for his crazy detailed art. Like, so trust your artist yeah. to tell the story. It, it was just poor storytelling. Everything about the character, what they're doing with the character. I, I think we uh, beat that horse person to death that was carrying <laughs> a, that was riding a man, <laughs> much like Commandy Challenge would do. Uh, all right, so there we go, Chris. We're getting you out of here. Yes. It's it's before eleven thirty. Let's get me on out. I got I got a shower and uh, head to Disney World. Woe yeah. is me. Oh, what a life you live. Oh man, we had to pound all these high percentage beers. Sunday morning. Hey, hey, you could still record uh, not episodes or. Oh, we could do not episodes. Bites. Yeah, we could do. Uh, not a. We were talking about doing. You could still we're drink doing, more. We were doing a not. A, we were going to do a not a episode about drinking a ton of shitty beer. So. Oh, I, we never <laughs> bought that beer. All right. So until next time, listeners, uh, find us over on the Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, reviews or on the iTunes. Uh, <laughs> Did you say Pornhub? I'm not on there. <laughs> Question mark, Paul? That's a lifetime membership. <laughs> I crowdfunded him, so I have a lifetime membership. Guys, go back and listen to see how many times I've thrown stuff like that in into the episodes. And this is the first I'm time you caught sure. it. No, no. I, I listen to every word that you say, Paul, so then I can throw it in your face. Much like how we now start the show saying, hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, and if you listen back, every time Chris says, hey, guys, you hear Paul chuckle in the back because he knows it's a little dagger going into his side of us being dicks to him. Yep. Oh, hey, look forward to next week when we have a trade policy by Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's the Rocketeer, World at War. Well, I downloaded that when I was sitting on the toilet today. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm already having spending time with shit. Might as well spend some more time with more shit. <laughs> I... It's a rocketeer. Every, every one of my time, favorite movies. Every time it might be one. It might be every time. I'm like, well, Paul can't outdo the last time he made me read a horrible book, and then I'm like, nope, yep, this is worse. But yeah, you know, rate and review, Pornhub, all that good stuff. <laughs>